Shalom, 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 family. This is your boy Ezekiel Ben Israel coming back at you from Nation Not Desire. Did you know that the elites have put together a diabolical plan to depopulate the earth and that no one on this planet is excluded from this movement? It's true. One of its key players is, that's right, your very own computer guru, Bill Gates. The plan itself is called Agenda 21. Now you may be asking yourself, what can I do about this? This man is very wealthy and powerful. That's true, he is. But do you also know that you have powers as well? Powers untapped until now. The powers that I'm speaking of are wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Proverbs 1 and 5 says this, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. This is where Nation Our Desire comes into play. We want to keep you on the path of life through our teachings. We help you, you help us with your finances, your prayers, and your encouragement. You can become a patron at Patreon by typing in Ezekiel Ben Israel and submit your questions to nationnowdesire at gmail.com. Listen, family, I've taken up enough of your time. Let's get to the message. Shalom, 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 Israel. How you doing today? How are, we, how are we all doing today on this wonderful Sabbath? Beautiful, beautiful. That's great. What we're about to get into this Sabbath evening is the armor of God. The armor of God. That's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so to start, can you read verse 11 of Ephesians 6 for me, Dad? All right. Ephesians 6, verse 11. Okay, we're going to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, which says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, in order for us to really understand this, we have to understand what wiles are. So, can you give me wiles, the definition of wiles, Seth? Get that for me. We have to understand what the devil, how the devil operates, how he tries to attack us in our lives so we can protect ourselves. We have to know his devices. We can't be ignorant to the devices of the devil. So give me the, the definition of wiles. Give me the definition of wiles. stratagem or trick intended to deceive or ensnare so that's what the devil had for has for us stratagems and tricks to ensnare us in wickedness and sin we have to using the word of i'm not gonna go there <laughs> we're not there yet we're gonna get there all right give me first maccabees 3 verse 53 zeph and dad give me james 4 and 7 james 4 and 7 and 1st Maccabees 3 and 53. 1st Maccabees 3 and 53. How shall we be able to stand against them? Except thou, O God, be our help. See, in Ephesians 6 and 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Uh, and what does that say, Zeph? Read that again. 
How shall we be able to stand against them? Except thou, O God, be our help. How shall we be able to stand against them? Except thou, O God, be our help. We cannot stand against the devil without the Lord by our side. Con? Con. Can you give me what you have, Dad? James? James 4 and 7? And Zeph, can you give me Hebrews 12 and 4? James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, we have to submit ourselves to the Lord and his word in order for us to resist the devil. And if we resist the devil with the Lord's word, the scripture says he will flee from us. Can you give me Hebrews 12 and 4, Zeph? Hebrews 12 and 4. Hebrews 12 and 4. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Con. See, it says that we ha that those Israelites did not resist the sin. They did not strive against it. They didn't get in the word and learn what it says and use it to fight the devil. They didn't do that. And that's the reason why they fell into sin. They didn't do that. We, we have to do that. A good example of standing against the devil's schemes is Christ being tempted in the wilderness. He used the scriptures to fight the devil, not fists or physical weapons. Because our war is not physical, but spiritual. Con? Con. As a saint of God, we go to war against the devil using the Lord's word. We're going to learn more about the armor of God as we go through this lesson. And we will see how they are a blessing to us if we use them. Okay, um, let's get back to the main ver main text. Can you give me Ephesians 6 and 12, Dad? Ephesians 6 and 12. Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Continue. But, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Con. Can you give me Jeremiah 13 and 18, Zeph? Jeremiah 13 and 18. We're going to find out what those principalities are. We have to wrestle against these principalities, these powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual weakness in high places through the Lord's word. Jeremiah 13 and 18. Say unto the king and to the queen, humble yourselves, sit down, for your principalities shall come down, even the crown of your glory. That's the rulership of Judah. The Lord is saying that we need to humble ourselves. And there, they were, the Lord was telling them that they need to humble themselves and obey Babylon because he allowed them to be taken over because of their sin. In this case, we have the Edomites over us. We have to humble ourselves and obey what they say because the Lord told us to. It's The Lord says, obey the laws of the land that you live in. That's what the Lord commands us to do. That's what we have to do because that's what he commands us, whether we like it or not. So we can give him glory. Can you give me 2nd Ezra 16, 18 through 20, Zeph? 2nd Ezra 16, 18 through 20. But the question is, Israel, can we humble ourselves? Can we let go of our pride and accept the Lord's word even if we don't like it? Can we do that? If we can, then we can bring glory to our Lord and Savior, Christ. Con? Con. 
Give second. me second Ezra 16, 18 through 20. Second Ezra 16, 18 through 20. The beginnings of sorrows and great mornings. The beginning of, of famine and great death. The beginning of wars. And the power shall stand in fear. The power shall stand in fear. It's because the Lord has ordained the destruction of the other nations, and they know they can't prevent it, and they have no power over it. We have no power over it either. So we have to stay focused on the Lord's word and what it says, not our own thoughts. That's why it's dangerous to fall into the hands of the Lord in our wickedness, because we won't know when the Lord will destroy us. That's why we have to stay focused on the Lord and we have to put down our pride, if we have it, and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and in due time he will exalt us. And also it says there, for amendment. Can you read that again for me, Zeph? Second Ezra 16, 18 through 20. Second Ezra 16, 18 through 20. The beginning of sorrows and great mornings, the beginning of famine and great death, the beginning of wars and the power shall stand in fear, the, be- the beginning of evils. What shall I do when these evils shall come? Behold, famine and plague, tribulation and anguish are sent as scourges for amendment. For amendment. The Lord is saying he sent the destruction on the destruction on the other nations because of their sins. This is what we have to watch. This is why we have to watch ourselves, Israel. Because the Lord will send destruction our way as well if we aren't following him. We may think that just because we're the children of Israel, that we're exempt or we're we don't we're not counted as the sinful ever. It's not like that. We can be counted just like they can be. If we walk in our sin and refuse to follow the narrow path that leads to righteousness. Con? Con. Okay. Let's get back to the main text. Give me Ephesians 16 and 13. Ephesians 16 and 13. Ephesians 16 and 13. And Zeph, can you give me the definition of armor? The definition of armor. Okay, Ephesians 6 and 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So I wanted to get the definition of armor because it speaks of the whole armor of God. So I want to just give a, you know, just a general idea of what this is, because it's armor. It's going to protect us in one way or another. And we're going to see how these different parts of the armor of God bless us in many different ways. So can you give me the definition of armor, Zeph? A defensive covering, as of metal, wood, or leather, worn to protect the body against weapons. See? Worn to protect the body against weapons. Different weapons and different avenues of getting to getting to our spirit and corrupting it with sin that the devil is using through his wiles. He's trying to get to us in different ways, whether it can be through doubt or fear. We're going to see that the armor of God can bless us and prevent that from happening. Con? Con. Con. Okay. Um, can you give me Isaiah 58, 2 through 3, Zeph? Isaiah 58, 2 through 3. Or no. Dad, can you give me Isaiah 58, 2 through 3? Isaiah chapter 58, verse 2 through 3. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness. 
and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching the God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Kind, kind. So why I brought that up is because it says, having done all to stand. When we're doing all we can in the Lord, we fast, as well as pray and read the scriptures to give us strength. That's one way we can fight the devil, through fasting. The Lord is telling us in Ephesians 6 and 13, Israel, that we have a part to play just like he had a part to play for our salvation. The Lord Christ came down here and died for us so we can live, so we can overcome temptations through his word. So the Lord is telling us to do all we can do in his word to stay on the narrow path of righteousness so we can glorify the Most High and stand against the devil and his demons. Con? Con. So what can we do through his word to help us stand? That's one of them. Fast. We can fast. We can pray. And we can believe and follow the word of God. All of these will help us keep the whole armor of God on, as we will see. Because the armor of God... I'm not going to spoil it. (laughs) Give me Matthew 6, 7 through 13, Zeph. Matthew 6, 7 through 13. Matthew 6, 7 through 13. Matthew 6, 7 through 13. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. This is an instruction for prayer. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of, before ye ask him. Kind. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Con, that's what we pray before we begin all of our messages so that the Lord's will can be done in the message and he can get the most glory he can out of it. Con? In order for our prayers to reach the Lord, our prayers have to be in accordance with his word. I want to bring this up because some people could say, you know, I'll pray that I'll get rich and the Lord will accept that. No, no, Israel. We have to pray the scriptures. We may want to pray, you know, uh, the Lord will just bless me with some beautiful wife and, you know, that'll be good enough. No. The Lord wants us to pray the scriptures. He wants us to pray his will for our lives. Con? Con. Uh, we can withstand the evil day. We can withstand the evil day with the Lord's help through his word. Okay, let's get back to the main text. Can you give me Ephesians 6 and 14, Dad? Ephesians 6 and 14. Now we're getting ready to get into the um, armor of God. Ephesians 6, verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay, so now I'm, I'm, we're going to deal with the first one. That's the belt of truth. Um, we're going to get Psalms. Can you give me Psalms 119, 142, Dad? And Zeph, can you give me John 14 and 6? As a belt is used to secure... As a belt is used to secure, we can interpret the belt of truth as being our righteous beliefs 
that secure our lives and is a foundation. I thought that that was very interesting that this would have the belt of the belt of, belt of truth could be used symbolically as a foundation because it's the first thing the passage mention, mentions. If we don't have the right foundation, we can't build and make anything. So it's important that we have that solid foundation of truth. And that's what the belt of truth symbolizes. Um, can you read what you have, Zeph? John 14 and 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Read, can you read that again? John 14 and 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, we see that the Lord is the truth. But what is the Lord? We're going to find that out later. And, well, what is another, you know, another, um, aspect of the Lord? Because he is the way. He is the truth. Yeah, continue. And the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, can you give me, um, Psalm 119 and 142 for me, Dad? Psalm 119, 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. There it is. There's that's what the that's another aspect of the Lord, his law. The Lord is the law. He is the word. He is the word, the word that we're reading right now. He is that word that we have to follow, and his word is the law. So when we follow the law, we have that foundation. The Lord's law is our foundation, what we're supposed to follow for our lives. It's our, it's our map that we use to guide us. We can interpret the belt of truth as being our righteous beliefs that secure our lives and is a foundation. If we have unrighteous false beliefs, we will have a weak and secure belt. And Dad and I have encountered this before. When you have a weak belt, when you have a belt that's not on right, it can loosen and come off and you gotta go get another one. So, uh, so you gotta have the right belt as the right foundation so you can support yourself. That's why we have to have the right, the right foundation for our lives. So we can build on that. And that foundation has to be the word of the Lord. Con? Con. In order for everything in our lives to be secure, we have to have the genuine, real truth to build off of as a foundation. The beliefs we must have for our belt to be secure is the beliefs based on the word of God. But how do we know the scripture is true? How do we know this law that we follow is absolute and perfect? If we just read it, we can't see it. But if we live it, we can. Because we see it in our lives. We see how it impacts us and other people. Because we believe it and we see it as we live it. Because what the Lord says will come to pass. So if we wait on him and we see that his word is true, we get more faith. But we uh, got to have uh, faith in this. We got to have like a little mustard seed of faith to begin with that we can plant and grow. But if we don't have, if we don't take that leap of faith in the Lord based on what we're already saying, because we see that the Lord, his works, they're magnificent. The lion, the tiger, the leopard, they're all amazing creatures. And if we don't see the Lord in those things, we can't see him in the bigger things. Gone. God. Uh, can you give me Romans 1 and 20, Dad? And Seth, can you give me Psalms 19 and 1? We're, we're going to uh, get more on faith, you know, because it's a part of the armor of God. I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. 
but um, can you give me Romans 1 and 20? Romans chapter 1 verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, Con. even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So we are without excuse. We see his eternal power and Godhead in this world. We see just how finely made the sea is. Um, us, ourselves, there are things about us that scientists still haven't figured out, like how the heart beats. It's miraculous things that we see as evidence of the Lord's existence. Um, and when we when we see those things, it should give us us. It should tell us that we should have faith in the Lord because those things are magnificent and wonderful. And who else could have made them but the Lord? He's telling us right there that the things that we see, the magnificent things and signs of his divine power are right there in this world, right here in this world. We can see them when we walk down the street. But are we paying attention to those things or do we only notice the things that we want to see in the world, but not the things that the Lord wants us to see, like the animals in creation? Um, we watch a lot of wild, wildlife, so we can relate to that. You know, the amazing creatures like birds and animals and creatures. It's, it's just amazing how they're all varied and different because the Lord has like his fingerprint on them. I made that. It's completely different from everything else. It's, it's amazing. Can you give me what you have, Zeph? Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And there, and there's another one. Apart from the animals here, we have the stars. All of them different. It's, you know, it's really magnificent. If you know anything about astronomy, I'm sure that you know that a lot of the different stars, you know, they have a lot. They have like very complex structures and stuff. And some planets have different moons. Or who knows, there could be a star out there that looks like the sun. It's just, it's amazing how how different everything in the universe is. It's amazing like that because the Lord designed it like that. And if we have faith in those things, we can grow our faith in the Lord so that we can have that belt of truth as our foundation, the word of the Lord, that being our foundation, which we can grow off of. The law of the Lord, the law is the word, Lord's word that we must follow. The Bible says the law is the truth, but what is the law? Can you give me James 4 and 17, Dad? And Zeph, can you give me... Do you have John 14 and 6? Can you give me John 14 and 6? James chapter 4, verse 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The Bible says... Can you read that again? Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I may, um, I may have gotten ahead of myself there. Um, can you give me Psalm 119 and 142, Dad? Getting excited. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Psalm chapter 119, verse 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. So the Bible says the law is the truth. So the belt of truth is going to be our, the foundation for our lives. And if the law, and since the Bible says the law is the truth, that's the belt of truth. That's our foundation. Like I said before, it's the law. That's what we build off of. What the Lord tells us to do in His Word. Uh, the law is the Lord's word that we must follow. 
Okay, now you can give me James 4 and 17. And Zeph, can you read John 14 and 6? John 14 and 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Con, the belt of truth is the blessing of assurance we have when we follow the Lord. That's what it is. That's what it can be interpreted as. This is what I got from the whole armor of God that I wanted to share with you today, Israel. You may be able to figure out, you know, more deeper, juicy things from it um, if you read about the armor of God, but this is what I got from it. And I felt like it was very powerful that the belt of truth can be considered our foundation because, like I said, it shows up first in Ephesians 6. That's something pretty powerful because it shows us we have to have that foundation done first before we can build. Can you give me what you have, Dad? Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, James 4 and 17, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Okay, so as a breastplate protects the torso, and specifically the heart of an individual, the breastplate of righteousness can be considered our blessing of protection against sins we don't know about. This is a really great thing. This is like protection against sins of our ignorance. It's our righteousness that protects that because of our thoughts being right with the Lord. Like, I'm, I'm going to give an example here. However, the breastplate of righteousness doesn't guard us from sins we don't want to know about. So, for example, if I didn't know that there are diet laws for our people Israel, and we're eating unclean foods and discover we do have diet laws, and didn't want to see if the foods I was eating was unlawful, so I didn't read the laws, then I wouldn't have the breastplate of righteousness because I have to be seeking after the Lord and wanting to know what his will is for my life, including, you know, what's in the laws and the scriptures. If I'm not looking for, looking to understand the Lord's word and what he's telling me, then I don't have that breastplate of righteousness. Can you um, read James 4 and 17 for me? That again? James chapter 4, verse 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So that's support of what I'm saying. The breastplate of righteousness, it doesn't, it's there for us if we don't know what what we're doing is sin. It's there to guard us against like accusations from the wicked or people who have no knowledge of the scripture saying, you knew that was wrong. It wouldn't be wrong if you had the breastplate of righteousness because you were righteous. You didn't know that what you were doing was wrong. So it protects you against that accusation, specifically the accusation of the mind which is the heart, which is another thing I wanted to symbolize in the breastplate of righteousness. It guards your heart, your torso. And since your heart can be considered your mind in the scriptures, we can consider that connected to the mind. So when someone says, you knew that that was wrong, if you had the breastplate of righteousness saying, no, you didn't know. So therefore, I'm going to guard you against that accusation about what you were thinking. Like Susanna. Susanna is a very good example of that. The elders wanted to try to accuse her of committing adultery against her husband, but because what she was doing was right, she had the breastplate of righteousness. Even though they tried to falsely accuse her, it didn't count, you know, to the Lord, her being wrong because she wasn't wrong. She wasn't thinking evil, but they wanted to say that she was thinking evil, but that wasn't right. That's why she had the breastplate of righteousness because she had her focus on the Lord and what he wanted for her. Con? Con. Okay. Um, the Bible says... Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So if we don't hunger and thirst after righteousness, we won't obtain the breastplate of righteousness. We have to be searching 
for what the Lord wants for us in our lives if we're going to obtain the breastplate of righteousness. We don't get it by just doing what we want to do, Israel. And we don't care what the Lord thinks. It doesn't work like that. In order for us to gain this armor of God, we have to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ. Done? Done. Done. Okay. Let's get back to Ephesians 6. And give me verse 15. Ephesians 6 and verse 15. Ephesians 6 and verse 15. Ephesians 6, chapter 16. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15. 6 verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel is what secures us on the ground unmoving. The gospel of peace is for us, Israel. It's the story of our black Messiah coming down here and dying for us so we can be saved from damnation. When we accept this truth, listen and understand the Lord's word and live it, we have peace. That's that peace it's talking about. We can't just believe it and not live it, Israel, and expect salvation. Because the Bible says in James, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. The Bible also says, by grace are we saved, through faith. So without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord and attain his blessings and salvation. The shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace can be interpreted as the peace and protection that can be gained by following the laws, statutes, and commandments. Like how shoes can help us get through different troublesome terrains. If we have the shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, we have the blessing of having peace during adversity and temptations and can get through any troubles on our walk with the Lord. Con? Con. Now we're going to get more on the peace because I wanted to get I wanted to get some deeper, um, get some more on that. Can you give me Philippians 4 and 7, Dad? And Zeph, can you give me Psalm 27 and 1? Psalms 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. This is the blessing of peace the Lord gives us, Israel, when we follow him. That is the preparation of the gospel of peace, knowing what the Lord has for us, no matter what happens. If, you know, if we lose our job or we lose our house, we know what the Lord has for us in heaven, so we, we're not concerned. We have peace. We have those shoes of peace that no matter where we walk, the Lord's walking with us. And we're going to we're going through that narrow gate to heaven with the Lord. He's there with us. So no matter what happens, no matter what troubles we get into, He's there to help us. We have that assurance, that blessed assurance. Can you um can you give me what you have, Dad? Philippians chapter four, verse seven. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There's that peace, that peace by following the Lord's word and knowing that it's true because we see it. We see it everywhere. We see it in the stars. We read it earlier. We don't have any excuse for not saying the Lord's amazingness and greatness in the world. It's there, but are we seeing it? And when we do see it and we follow it and we believe it, we have that peace because we know the Lord will be there to protect us, to protect us and to guide us even in the darkness. As it says in the scriptures, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So even in darkness, we know where we're going because of the Lord's word. Can you uh, give me Psalm 27 and 1, Zeph? Psalm 27 and 1. Dad, can you give me John 14 and 27? 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Con. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? See, who do we have to be afraid of, Israel, if we're following the Lord? That's what this God, that's what these shoes represent. The peace we have no matter where we go, no matter where we walk, whether we walk up a mountain or whether we're walking some other place, like deep, muddy, you know, a muddy water. We're not worried because we have the Lord with us. Who do we have to fear? Can you give me John 14, 27, Dad? John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Now does the world give it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Kind. This is the blessing of peace the Lord gives us, Israel, when we follow him. We don't need to worry about what the devil and his demons will do to us. Instead, we should be more concerned about the, what the Lord can do to us. The Bible says in Matthew 10 and 28, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, which is the Lord. If we choose to follow the Lord's word, he will help us on our walk with him with these shoes. But we can't have these shoes if we're not choosing to follow the Lord and his word. Okay, let's get back to the main text. Give me Ephesians 6 and 16. Ephesians 6 and 16. We have to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. And in all our ways acknowledge Him and He will direct our paths. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Con, what I got from that is faith removes doubts and fears, and the fiery darts are lies and doubts spoken to us by demons. Um, can you give me Hebrews 11 and 1, Dad, and Romans 10 and 17? Zeph? As a shield prevents damage to a person, the shield of faith can be interpreted as a blessing of protection against doubts and fears if we believe the scriptures. Hebrews 11 verse 1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for The evidence of things not seen That's what faith is And if we have that faith, we have that shield Can you give me what you have, Zach? Romans 10 and 17 Romans 10 17 So then faith cometh by hearing And hearing by the word of God And that's how we get it the more faith we have, the stronger our shield is against fears and doubts. I think that's very powerful as well. Because we don't think about the fact that shields have varying strength. The more faith we have, the stronger our shield is against fears and doubts. Some fears and doubts come to us that are like really large and make us really afraid. But if our faith in the Lord is really strong, then our shield is really strong. And when those fears and doubts come our way, they're nothing to us. We can deflect them easily. Because we have a really strong faith in the Lord. So, Israel, we have to build up our faith in the Lord so we can have a stronger shield. Con? Con. The faith in the Most High is what will protect us from doubts. But what is faith, and how do we obtain it? We, we, read Hebrews 11 and 1 again. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There, there it is. That's what faith is. Get Romans um, 12 and 3 for me, Dad. And read Romans 10, 17 again for me, Zeph. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
So faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And what? What? How do we get that faith, Zeph? So that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's how we get it. By hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We can't just hear the scriptures. We can't just hear the scriptures and, you know, say, I'm done. I'm not going to do anymore. I heard it, but, uh, you know, I don't really understand it, and I don't really care. We can't do that if we're going to have the shield of faith. We have to read it and understand it. The understanding comes from the Lord. That's what that hearing is. Faith comes by hearing, and the understanding of it comes by the word of God, by us living the scriptures and reading it. We understand it and hear it, and we... We understand the scriptures when we live it and live it out in our lives. We can understand what the Lord is saying to us when we walk and live the scriptures. Okay, now can you give me Romans 12 and 3 for me, Dad? Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Christ doesn't give us different measures of faith to remain at that level. The Most High wants us to grow our faith in Him during our walk with Him through life. A good example of a person with little faith is Thomas. In the Gospel of John, even though he was a disciple of Christ and saw him live, saw Christ and lived with Him, who said he would be killed and buried three days and raised on the third day, he didn't believe it. When the other disciples told him they saw the Messiah raised from the dead, he said, unless I see in his hand the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. When the Lord appeared to all the disciples and Thomas being there, he said to Thomas, because you've seen me, you believed. Blessed are they that have not seen me, and yet have believed. If we want to be blessed, we have to grow our faith in the Lord. And the more we trust the Lord, the greater our faith will become. Because what the Lord says will happen, will happen. If we struggle believing the scriptures, Israel, we can ask God to help our unbelief, and he will. Can you give me Psalms 37 and 25, Dad? Can you read Romans 10 and 17 for me, Zeph? Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, Israel, I don't know what level of faith you have. You may have just learned of your true heritage as a child of Israel, and you have a small amount of faith in Christ. You trust him for some things, but not everything like we should. The Bible says the Lord has given us all a different measure of faith. Can you give me Deuteronomy 7 and 9, Zeph? Psalm 37 and 25. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. When we, when we read, when we follow the Lord, we can see those kind of things in our lives. Like, see, I wanted to point out there that David, he wouldn't have known that the Lord was working there if he wasn't believing the scriptures that the Lord will always take care of those that follow him. See, that's why we have to listen to the scriptures. We can't just read it and be done with it and not follow it if we want to obtain the shield of faith. We have to believe it and follow it so we can grow our faith. 
Yeah, uh, we may have a small uh, mustard seed of faith, but if we're not planting it and letting it grow and watering it, it won't grow. That's what happened to David there. His faith grew because he he saw what? Can you read that again? Psalm thirty-seven and twenty-five. Psalm thirty-seven, verse twenty-five. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Again, David would not have been able to say that if he didn't have faith to begin with. He stuck around to see what the Lord would do. He believed that the Lord would show up for him and for his people, the Israelites, us. But David believed it, and once David saw it, it just increased his faith. And that's what the same thing that can happen to us. If we follow the Lord's word and we have we believe it, then when we see it, it'll just grow our belief even more. Can you um can you give me what you have, Zeph? Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. I felt like this was very powerful, that scripture, when it applies to faith, because it's telling us that the Lord is faithful, which means the Lord follows his own word. When he says that he's he, he says that we need to do this because it's perfect and it's right. He does it too because it's perfect and it's right. His word is perfect and right. So he follows it too. Uh, so he's faithful. He's not hypocritical. He's not a liar and says, oh no, my word is not faithful, but you got you have to do it. But you know, I, it's, it's not truthful. You don't have, you, it's not really something you can believe in. No, he knows that his word is perfect and righteous because he's perfect and righteous. And when the Lord, because the Lord follows his own word, it's, you know, it's just amazing. That's just another aspect of the Lord that I wanted to point out. The Lord himself, you know, he believes his word. That's why he follows it. The Lord, what a lot of us in Israel may not realize is that the Lord is bound to his perfect word, just like we should be, if we're following him. The Lord is bound to his perfect word. It's perfect. So when he, when he says something has to be done or... He says that he's going to do this, he will, because it's the right call, because he's perfect. Okay, um, can you give me Psalm 37 and 25? Oh no, we already, did we already read that? Okay, so that's why they don't grow, that's why you may not grow your, your faith, um, Israelite. That's the reason why you may not grow in your faith, because you're not planting that mustard seed. David, in that example in Psalm 37 and 25, he had faith in the Lord. That's the reason why he was able to grow his faith. His faith. But if you don't have just a small, just you just don't put a, a little bit of faith, faith in the Lord, you can't grow. So if you want to obtain that shield of faith, and more importantly, if you want to make that shield stronger, you have to, con you have to continue to put your faith in the Lord for everything in your life, no matter how big it is. God. Okay, um, let's move on to Ephesians. Let's move on to the next verse. Ephesians 6 and verse 17. Ephesians 6 and verse 17. Now we're going to deal with the helmet of salvation and Ephes the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Kind. So can you give me Romans 12 and 2, Dad? And Zeph, can you give me 2 Corinthians 10 and 5? Like as a helmet protects our heads, 
The helmet of salvation can be interpreted as protection against iniquity and vain thoughts by putting the Lord first in what we think, do, and say. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But we can't do that. How can we do that, Israel? How can we do that if we don't put the Lord first in our minds? That we're going to conform to the Lord's word and not this wicked world. We can't do that. We can't do it unless we're putting the Lord first. We're saying, you know, you say that I, I should accept homosexuals and I should allow them to, you know, do that, do, do their wickedness and abominable acts. But no, we can't do that if we're going to have this helmet of salvation. We have to say, Darn. we have to say, we're going we're to reject those things because those aren't right. That's not what the Lord wants for us. That's not what's good for, that's not what we need. That's not what the Lord wants for our salvation. In order for us to be, in order for us to be saved, we have to put away all those wicked things. So we reject those as well because the Lord doesn't want those. He rejects them. So, so do we. Darn. Can you give me, um, second Ezra's, can you uh, read second Corinthians 10 and five for me, Zeph? Second Corinthians 10 and five. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, and you know, this is another example of the helmet of salvation I'm talking about. It can be weak. The hel your helmet can be weaker than mine or mine could be weaker than yours. But as long as we're building up our faith in the Lord and we have that foundation, our helmet of salvation can grow stronger and stronger. And that's an example of one way the helmet of salvation can protect us. Can you read that again? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When we put the Lord first in our thoughts and in our actions and what we're doing, we can do that. Uh, but if we're not putting the Lord first, then we can't. That's and our helmet will be weak. Evil thoughts and imaginations will go in our head easily because we don't have a strong a strong faith in the Lord and we're not putting him first in our minds. Hallelujah. Can you um give me second can you uh, read give me Luke 19 and 9, Zeph, and can you read second Ezra 6 and 25 for me, Dad? Or what do you have? What did you have there? Give me second Corinthians 10 and 5. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 casting down imaginations oh, we already read that thing. we already read that I'm sorry um, can you give me Luke what did you have Zeph Luke 19 and 9 you have that okay <laughs> give me second Ezra 6 and 25 dad and Zeph um, give me read no dad read second Ezra 6 and 25 second Ezra 6 verse 25 Whosoever remaineth from all these that I have told thee shall escape and see my salvation and the end of your world. Can you read that again? Whosoever remaineth from all these that I have told thee shall escape and shall see my salvation and the end of your world. Okay, there it is. It has salvation in there. I wanted to connect that. And notice how it says in there, if they... What did it say there? If they... Remain, whosoever remaineth, if they remain, exactly, whoever remaineth, if you're staying in there, if you're growing your faith, and if you're putting the, putting the Lord first in your life, 
then you can do what? Can you read that? Whosoever remaineth from all these that I have told thee shall escape. See, we shall escape from this wicked world, but only if we're putting the Lord first in our actions and our thoughts. God. Can you continue? Continue. And see my salvation. See, we'll see his salvation, but only if we're putting him first. That's how we that's how we make our helmet stronger. We have to put the Lord first in our thoughts and our actions God. and in what we say. Can you um read read Luke 19 and 9, Zeph? And can you give me 2 Samuel 22 and 3 for me? Luke 19 and 9. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. Well, I just wanted to point out there that, you know, salvation's only for the Israelites. It says, Salvation has come to this house, but only for as much as he is a child of Abraham. Talking specifically about the line of Shem, but specifically the promised seed. Because the promise came to Abraham first, then it went to Isaac, and then to Jacob, Israel. Okay, can you give me what you have, Dad? 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 23. Howbeit he refused to turn aside. Wherefore Abner, with the hinder end of the spear, smote him under the fifth rib, that the spear came out behind him. And he fell down there, and died in the same place. And it came to pass, that as many as came to the place where Asahel fell down and, and died, stood that's, still. Um, that's Second Samuel 22 and 3. Chapter 22? Um, 2 Samuel, the, the book, and chapter 22 and verse 3. <laughs> I knew that sounded okay. weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was kind of like, what's going on here? Can you give me Exodus 31 and 3? 2 Samuel 23 and 2? Second, yep, 2 Samuel 22 and 3. I did 2 and 23. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. 2 Samuel 23, verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. Um... Can you give me seconds? I don't think that's right. Can you give me 2 Samuel 22 and 3? 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 3. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 3. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from my violence. Con. So when we put the Lord first in what we... Can you read that again? I want to relate this to the helmet of salvation, but we're going to do it as we go along in that verse. Can you do it? Can you read that again? The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield. So that's an example of putting our faith in the Lord and putting him first in our minds. We have to make him our rock. We have to make him our rock and our shield. Can you continue? And the horn of my salvation. The horn of our salvation. Continue. My high tower. Continue. And my refuge. See? Yes, we yes, we have to trust in him. We have to make him our refuge. He has to be the one that we go to when we're in trouble. Because if we're not focusing on the Lord and putting him first in our life, we don't have that helmet of salvation that can protect us from iniquity and sins that come to our minds. Uh, uh, can you finish? My Savior, thou savest me from violence. Con, that's another thing I wanted to point out too. Thou savest me from violence. When we put the Lord first, we realize how peacemakers, remember the peacemakers. I believe it's in Matthew 6. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. If we're not putting the Lord first, we we won't remember these things when it comes to us. Like, 
anger and jealousy and lust. If we're not putting the Lord first, we won't be able to give glory to God and protect ourselves from these sins and iniquity. Uh, okay, can you read? Do you have Exodus 31 and 3, Zeph? Okay, can you give me that? Exodus 31 and 3. The scripture I think about concerning putting the Lord first in our lives and so strengthening our helmet of salvation, and this is a very important one, is pride. This, the scripture says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a great fall. If we keep that in our heads and when we get haughty and prideful, we think that we'll say to ourselves, I don't want a great fall. Who does? So it's important that we keep the Lord's word first in our life because that will prevent us from that great fall. That's our helmet of salvation. It prevents those thoughts from entering into our head. Demons say to us, you know, you're really something. You really, you know, you're really great. You got it all. You're much better than anyone around here. And you certainly don't need God. But if you have that helmet of salvation, you can say, no. The scripture says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a great fall. That prevents that thought from entering your head. And also, you also might want to consider this too. You know, the Lord will oftentimes put you in a situation that you will get jealous. Come on. Yes, yes, the Lord does it. We, we read many times in the scriptures where the Lord sent a spirit. He sent the spirit. He did. Don't blame the devil. He sent that jealous spirit on you. God. To see how you are going to handle it. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and his words coming out. Ain't no amen and ain't no conning coming out. And so he's seeing. You see? See, the Lord, he He knows what to do. See, it's, it's all right, Israel, to, you know, when things are going good, when things are, the sun is out, the birds are chirping, everything's coming in. We forget all about the things the Lord just recently did for us. And once again, we forget about Him. Why? Because all throughout the week, who are we focusing on? God. It's, it's easy to figure out who. It's easy to figure out who we was focusing on more than the Lord. It's, guess who? Ish. All throughout the week, because no matter what the Lord does for us, we can say with our mouths, Lord, I love you. Lord, you're the best. Lord, you're all that. Lord, I want, I will never. Lord, I want, you could say all of that. But when the, when it comes down to it, when the road, when the rubber meets the road, when that tribulation is sent that way, when, when your way, when that evil spirit is sent on you, the Lord is sitting back in in His great white throne and He's watching you. Let me, let me see if He got any fight from Him from the prior week. Let me see if He's building His spiritual resistance up to fight the wiles of His enemy, God, His enemy. 
not my enemy. I, I made the enemy to use the enemy as an instrument for him. So that he will have tests to, to, to pass so that I could either promote or demote him. So every test that comes our way is for us. And where is he gonna where is he gonna start testing you at, Israel? In your own home. So if you can't handle when a jealous spirit comes on you. And I don't care if it's from a, you not getting the attention you think you deserve. Because we don't deserve nothing but death. Kind. According to the scriptures, the Lord made us. He said he can raise up men of stones. He don't need us. He don't need us. He can raise up men of stones. What did he tell his disciples? He said... Though you leave me, yet will I have the Father. Kind. The Lord don't need you. I got to tell you, I got to knock you off your high horse. The Lord don't need you. That's why two-thirds is going to hit the flame. The only one... Ones in Israel that's going to barely make it by the skin of their teeth are the ones that's been fighting the devil. Kind. Those are the only ones going to make it, Israel. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because if I sugarcoat the truth to you, guess whose life is in jeopardy? You ain't putting my life in jeopardy. I'm going to tell you the real. If you don't start fighting the devil, pretty, pretty, pretty soon it's going to be too late. Because the Lord, he's going to stop trying to reach you. He's going he gonna to turn you over to the lust and desires of your own heart to be filled with your own ways. He's going to literally say, the hell with you. This is the Lord. This, this, is, this is the Lord. He, this is the, the Lord goes literally say, because that's really what he's saying, to hell with you. And that's where you're going to, to hellfire. This is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord said. Two thirds. That's a lot. That's a lot of wicked, rebellious Israelites. Two thirds. So now is the time. Everything Israel. The Lord is going to do it at home first. If you can still love your brothers and sisters at home. And your mother and father at home, your husband and wife at home, regardless to whether they trying to show their wickedness or not, you 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 just try to love them the best you can. You you ain't gonna be able to love them with the fullness of the love of Christ because they are not obeying the scriptures. You can only obey somebody so much that's fighting. You can only love someone so much that's fighting against the truth. Because they don't see you as loving them unconditionally when that's what the Lord, that's what obeying the Lord's word is. When you obey the Lord's word, you're loving people unconditionally. You're not judging them based of how based on how you feel about something. You're judging them based on what the Lord's word has revealed about them. So, once again, we need to fight our enemy. 
If it's an evil, wicked thought coming up in you, oh, uh, he think he all of that. Uh, dad paying him, mama paying him too much attention. Mama paying her too much. Daddy paying him a... That is of the damn devil. Con. Because at some point, that other brother or sister could say the same damn thing about you. But do you want someone saying it about you? Where is your fight at? Where is your damn fight at, Israel? Stop this damn petty stuff and fight like a man. Fight like a woman. God, turn from your wicked ways. Turn to the Lord because that's what really is bringing out this, this petty crap. That's in your spirit Because you say That you love the Lord But all throughout the week You're really not being real about yourself You're living in sin You haven't completely You may have stopped some things But you haven't completely turned from sin You haven't made up your mind The Bible says He that puts his hands to the plow And don't look back And looks back Is not fit for the kingdom of God you plow, you start to plow, you started it, started breaking up the fallow ground in your heart, but then you got to a certain point and you said, you know what? I I, I don't think I don't think I want to do this. And you you let the plow go and you turn around and you and you stop doing the work on yourself. Con, you don't think that you're worth it? Don't you think you're worth it? Why don't you why don't you think that you're worth heaven, Israel? Could it be that you're listening to the wrong sources? Could it be that you listen to the wrong counselors? That's something to think about. Because the Bible says that you are going to be led by who you allow to lead you. But there are no excuses. There are no excuses. It's all you. Con. Okay. Let's see. Where where we leave off at? Zeph, where where what do you have? What do you have? Exodus 31 3. Okay. Um the scriptures, the scripture. I think about concerning putting the Lord first in our lives is pride. We're, we're talking about the helmet of salvation right now. The scripture I think about concerning putting the Lord first in our lives is pride. Because pride goes before destruction and a high spirit before a great fall. When we hear that and we believe it and we put it first in our lives, the scriptures first in our lives, what we think second, because we think what we think doesn't matter. What matters is what the Lord says. So when, that, so when that pride comes up in us and we say, pride come, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a great fall, you can say, no, I'm not going to have pride. I'm not going to say that I'm better than everyone else. I'm going to be humble and say that I'm going to humble myself under what the Lord wants me to do. If the Lord wants me to not exalt myself, but instead to exalt him, that's what I'm going to do. That's, that's how you know when someone has really been studying the scriptures. That's how you know when someone's really, when they study the hard things. Like, okay, for example, 
if I study, won't be unto the pastors. And I will be going on in on that. Won't be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. You'll know that if you'll know I'm righteous then, because you know what? Now I'm preaching harsh things concerning my position. And have I did that many a times? Yes, I have. Am I concerned about anyone coming against me for that? No, I'm not. Am I concerned about God judging me because of that? Yes, I am. Matter of fact, it helps me to live righteous in his eyes because I know what he'll do to me if I ain't living right. I know what he'll do to me if I'm preaching and teaching wrong. Kind. So I'm actually helping myself, Israel, by making myself aware that if I do this, the Lord going to get me. So we need to help ourselves. Don't run from the hard, don't run from the scary stuff that could happen to us, that the king of terrorists could put on us. No, constantly remind yourself what he's going to do because you do this. What he's going to do because you do that. A liar shall not tarry in my sight. The Lord shall cast you out from his presence. All those good things. Remind yourself. And then you won't be so quick and easy. It won't be so easy for you to do it. Also, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Yes. That's how we can strengthen the helmet of salvation. Our helmet of salvation. By trusting in the Lord and leaning on him. He will protect us from any vain, empty, like pride, is vain and empty, empty thoughts or iniquity, like lust or killing or yes, murder, yes. hatred, those kind of things. Yes. Lord can help us. That will protect us from those sins if we're, con- if we're following the word and we're meditating on it, listening to it and living it. Con? Con. You know, I also, thought, also, you know, because I was reading, I would be doing some teaching on, uh, on Jezebel with her wicked behind. You know, I think about the weakness of Ahab. Now, Ahab was wicked. Ahab was wicked. I'm not taking anything away from Ahab. But you got to understand something. Why did the Lord have mercy on Ahab? That's something to think about. See, Ahab, Ahab was a weak man, was he not? He was a weak man, wasn't he? Yes. Because he was probably raised by, by women. But that nigga knew what death felt like, didn't he? He got him scared, didn't he? It, 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 that, that didn't matter too much when he knew he, the Lord was finna put his ass to death, did it? You see what I'm saying? So, so what happened God. was, what happened was, what happened was, the Lord told him what he was gonna do to wicked, wicked ass Jezebel. He put her ass to death. But see, the thing is, is that she died a very violent, brutal death. She fell two stories. The Bible says the blood splattered up against the wall of the building and against the horses. And then, to finish it off, the Lord sent a pack of dogs to eat her up. See, this this was this revealing to you how what the Lord thinks about wickedness. How he deals with wicked people. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and see, the thing about the Lord, that's why he's called the King of Terrors, 
is that the way he gonna deal with your wicked ass, the way he's gonna deal with you, you not gonna, you not gonna even fathom how he gonna deal with you. But it's gonna be a way. One step, once he puts that on you, ain't gonna be no stopping it. You can say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, please forgive me. Now it's gonna be, it's gonna be too late. Once that damn chastisement gets on that wicked spirit, that wicked soul, they gonna get it. They gonna, they gonna drink it all. Like he said concerning Edom, he said you gonna drink the whole cup, Edom. Once I, once I begin to judge you, ain't no stopping. My judgment's coming. One after another. One ain't gonna repent. The window for repentance was way back there. See, that's the thing. Once the Lord turns you over to a reprobate mind, he does that first. And ain't no judgments came. So you don't even realize, you don't even realize he didn't turn you over. That's that's the scary thing about the Lord. We continue to walk in our walk in the blindness of our sin. And the Lord, the Lord beat and washed his hands on you a long time ago. And now you're just now from the from the time that he washes his hands of you and turns you over to the lust and desires of your own flesh. Now from that time, the next thing, the next phase is judgment. That's the scary part. That's the scary part. That's the reason why the Lord said, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet. I'll make them white as snow. That's why the Lord says that. He says, come now. Come. Let's reason. Hey, this is foolish. This is stupid. Let us reason together. See, by that time, you're supposed to be and got some good preaching and teaching. You're supposed to know what the king of terrorists is like and what he can possibly do to you. You see what I'm saying? And, and we said, okay, that's why he says, come now. You know, you know what I can be like. When I get pissed off, when I cut you off, you know the things that I can do. You know what I'm capable of, Israel. Let us reason together. See? He ain't, he ain't begging. The Lord, the King of Terrors, is saying, El Stupido, you better think about who you're dealing with here. I, I yield. Kind. So, so the helmet of salvation, just to summarize, because we've reached the end on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation can be interpreted as protection against iniquity and evil, vain thoughts by putting the Lord first in what we think, do, and say. Con? Con. Okay. Now, let's talk about the sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit is the word of God. We can use it to, we should use it to fight the lies and deceptions spoken to us spiritually and physically. This is how also we make the helmet of salvation stronger. We have to study the scriptures and put it in our minds so we can attack those lies and protect our minds from those lies, from, from them getting in and infiltrating our members. Okay, can you um give me Matthew 10 and 20, Dad? And Zeph, can you read Exodus 31 and 3? Exodus 31 and 3. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, and in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Okay, can you give me wisdom of Solomon 1 and 5, Zeph? And can you read Matthew 10 and 20, Dad? Matthew 10, verse 20. For it is not ye that speak, 
but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. There it is, the spirit of our father which speaketh in us. That is that word of God. We speak the word of God, and that's where we get our strength from. That's our sword. That's how we fight the lies and deceptions of the devil and his angels. Can you, um, give me, can you read, give me James 4, 7 through 8, Dad. And can you read Wisdom of Solomon 1 and 5, Zeph? Wisdom of Solomon 1 and 5. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding. And will not abide when unrighteousness cometh in. That's the word of God. It won't abide when unrighteousness comes in because it is righteous. It is righteousness. It's the law. It's perfect. It can't tolerate righteousness and dishonesty, lies, just all the evils. It can't. It can't stand those. Can you? Uh, can you? Can you give me? Read James four. No, don't read James four seven through eight. Zeph, give me Exodus thirty one and three. We're gonna get more on on the spirit here. Exodus 31 and 3. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, and in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Okay. We you have know, to. You're going to say something? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just thinking, right, Israel? You know, uh, when Paul was going through his phase of acceptance with, with Peter and the rest of the uh, apostles. You know, it must have been pretty hard for old Paul, right? Because Paul, he had persecuted the church, right? So he had to go, he had to first be accepted by the rest of the brethren. And then he could feel like he was part of the family. Up until that part, up until that point, it must have been really hard for him because we might think that we can do this by ourselves, right? And, and, and being selfish and being jealous and being envious, that make that puts us on an island all by our damn selves, right? With no one there, right? Because we've we we've 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 jealous the way everybody else. We've envied away everybody else. No one wants to be around us because we 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 find something to be jealous of concerning them. We find something to be envious concerning them. But this wasn't the case with Paul. Paul was a humble man. And while Peter was trying to give Paul an opportunity to be to prove himself to be uh, genuine about the things that he was talking about concerning the faith. The other apostles were saying, Paul, don't trust him. He's a he's a snake. You see what he did to our people. Right? So at that time, Israel, he needed the grace of God. You see? Now Paul had determined to go about the calling of God. If he had to, without the approval of the other apostles, he was determined to do that. But we see in the case of Jeremiah that Jeremiah needed someone with him. You see, it's always easier to go this fight. It's always easier to go this battle when you ain't got to go by yourself. But if we continue to be petty niggas, and don't fight evil spirits because that's our duty. Our duty is to fight the good fight of faith. 
but how can we fight the good fight of faith when we being petty so we need to understand Israel that one day you're going to need somebody to walk this walk with you but if you have built a reputation of being a petty nigger you're going to go this thing by yourself and the Lord's going to be the one that's going to do it to you we know that it's hard to walk this walk by yourself boy I mean we 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 know it's so hard that some some believers have even confided in sinners they want a company so bad that they confide they would confide in a sinner somebody who they know couldn't help them but because they were so lonely they want they they said I'll settle I'll settle for a sinner See, that's the thing that happened to Saul. That's the thing that happened to Saul. Saul, when he, when the Lord would not speak to Saul, when the right, when righteous men and women uh, forsook Saul and went their way because he was a man that was cursed with a curse. Saul said, "Well, I go to a witch. I go to the witch of Endor. The Lord ain't speaking to me." Everybody don't want to be around me because I disobeyed the Lord. See, the word gets out about your wicked ass. You see? And then people don't want to be around you no more. And you know who's doing this, Israel? The Lord. And you know why, you know why he's doing it to you? He's smiling and laughing at you. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You know what I say about that? You deserve it. Yeah, oh yeah, you deserve it. You a wicked nigga. You a wicked nigga or niggat. And you deserve what the Lord's doing to you because you what was that way towards your brother, your innocent brother, your innocent sister that was only sharing the love of God with you. And you was being wicked. And so the Lord say, because you're going to treat your brother or sister that way, I'm going to treat you that way, nigga. I'm going, I'm going, when you need me, I ain't going to answer. When you need help, I ain't going to send it. This this the way, this the way the Lord deals. This the way the Lord deals. I don't care what the hell Christianity told you. This is the real kind. So whatever you, whatever you putting out there, you being a wicked nigga, the Lord gonna be a wicked God to you. He gonna be the king of terrors to you. So you better understand. You better get this thing. Hey, I ain't never told you nothing wrong yet. I ain't never told you nothing wrong yet, Israel. Listen. To them that's wise, they, they'll listen. They'll listen if they wise. If they ain't, they be foolish. Let them be foolish. Come on. I'm yielding. Kind. We have to fight and resist the devil with the sword of the spirit. Zeph, can you give me James 4, 7 through 8? Where So while the helmet of salvation will protect our, protect our mind from evil thoughts, the sword of the spirit is used to cut down lies and deception. And it, it, you know, that may affect other people. It's, you can 
if someone were to say to some, if there were three Israelites, one didn't know something, but he wanted to try to teach someone else, like, say, you know, what you can and can't eat in the scriptures. And he said, it's all right for you to eat pork. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. But he doesn't know, you know, what it actually says. He's just speaking off the top of his head because he thinks he's right or he heard it from somebody. You have the opportunity there to use the sword of the spirit, cut down that deception with the word and say, no, the scripture does have laws. And it says we can't eat pork. Con? Con. Okay, can you give me James 4 and 7 through 8, Zeph? James 4, 7 through 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Sometimes the the devil can use us, our own family members, or he can use other people in Israel that we know that may be, you know, our friends, or we, they're just strangers, and they try to tell us something, or they try to tell other people something that's not true. We can use the sword of the spirit to cut down those lies and give them the truth. And you have to also think, you have to also understand this too, that the Lord is the, he's the father of the spirits. So he's sending, he's using the family members for one another, like... You take a weak husband, for example. Uh, the Lord could send a, a spirit on me to chastise my wife or correct my wife for something that she ain't wearing right. So uh, a hairstyle that, that, that's not suitable for a woman of God. Or, or, or uh, the way that she might conduct herself when in, the, when in the public. You do the same thing for me concerning you as my son. You do that, you see, because, because the Lord is proving me as a leader. Because in order for me, in order for him to give me followers or give me someone, he's going to have to see that I'm, I have the, the balls to do it right here. Some men like like Ahab, Ahab, the Lord still allowed Ahab to be a king, but Ahab didn't have no balls. God. You see, so you can't even go off of that. You know, the, you, the, you don't have no congregation because cause, cause you, you ain't, the Lord don't want, no, that ain't always the case. A lot of times the Lord, he doesn't give men something because other people might think that he deserves it. Or he, he doesn't restrain something from men because other people may not think that uh, he's, he's not worthy. The Lord does everything in his own timing. The Lord might give me a, a one family and see if I direct them properly. And give me like some a whole city just for that. Remember he gave. Remember he gave. Remember he gave uh, in the parable of the talents. He get because see that's 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 Israel's problem. Israel is always looking for what they can physically see in this life, and they're judging man by it. Oh, he must have did. He must didn't do this right, cause Lord ain't ain't nobody. Uh, following him, he ain't got so many likes on that video. See, the, see, that's 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 foolishness. Con. See, because the Lord may be doing that. He may be doing that. See, this is the tricky thing about the Lord. That's why I love following the Lord, right? And this is therapeutic for me, also in a lot of ways, because the Lord may actually be doing it for the people that's following me and watching me. He may be seeing how their spirit is concerning a brother that really deserves something but the Lord ain't giving it to him in, in turn the Lord is watching how they pray and intercede for me everything ain't always for that person 
directly. It could be it's always in it's always for you indirectly. But it because everybody gotta simultaneously sustain their own spirit. Like like David said, I laid on my own bed, commune with my own heart, see if there's anything wicked in me. Kind. Yeah, right, right, right. But indirectly, he's watching those people, right? Because we talked about the diversities of gifts, right? Everybody ain't a preacher. Everybody's not a teacher. Everybody don't don't uh, speak in tongues. Everybody don't um uh prophesy. You see, so all those people all are all those different gifts. You got people who have the gift of prayer. That people that can pray and intercede for someone. You see, it's got people that can give, and all you got all these people out here with all these gifts that ain't even work, ain't even using them for the embetterment of the body as a whole. And the Lord is judging these people for them gifts because they're using them for wickedness instead of righteousness. And so, you know, I, I try to bring twists on different twists on stuff to really make people think about their position, right? Instead of coveting the gift that God gave you, you're going to take time out, wicked Negro, to get jealous of someone else's gift when they're they're doing their gift, but you just being jealous of them. You see what I'm saying? And and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be. Uh, because of how much attention that gift might be getting because the person that's listening might need that gift. They may not have needed your gift at that time, but they may need that gift. But you're a wicked Negro because you, you're looking at it in a wicked way. You're, you're looking at it w- with wicked eyes, through wicked eyes, through wicked spirit. That's why you can't see it righteously. Kind. You see, our spirit, before the word goes out, guess what we got to do? We got to make sure our spirit is right. Because if our spirit's not right and the word goes out, even though that word had was supposed to have a special meaning for us, we won't get it. We Gosh. won't get what the, what the Lord is trying to tell us with that word. Because we're not going to get the same message from that word that's being brought out as the other man's going to get for it. He might get something out of it that I ain't getting. We might get the same thing. That's why our spirit has to be right. We got to maintain our spirit because you don't know when the Lord's going to, he going he gonna to send a spirit to try you. You don't know that thing's going to come on you. But if you haven't been being a soldier all week long, like, like, like I always preach Israel, if you haven't been maintaining your spirit all week long, you're going to snap and you're going to lose it. You see, and, and then you're gonna get in, get into your flesh instead of get in the spirit. That's why. That's why we have. We go from week to week, Sabbath to Sabbath, because the prior Sabbath we should have learned something and we should have started practicing it in our daily walk. So I yield. I yield. Kind. You can give me James four and seven, Zeph. James four and seven. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Oh. So if we submit ourselves to the Lord and we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Right. But we have to resi- we can't just say we can't resist the devil without the word of God, the sword of the spirit. We can't say, go away, devil. I don't want you here. No, we have to speak the word. So when this, the devil comes to us and says, you should, you know, you see that beautiful woman. Why don't you go and lay with her? You say, no, the scripture says that shall not commit fornication. Go away. I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Christ. And you get him out of there. You fight him with the sword of his spirit. You say, get back, devil. I that's have right. the scripture. That's right. And, and it's also important. You can't deceive me. That's right. That's right. 
And you know what builds up that fight is having discussions. Having discussions as to why we should not submit to that harlot. Why should we not? What is the, what is going to happen if I submit to that harlot? What is what 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 does the scripture teach me that is going to happen? See, see, just sometimes telling the children of God, bad boy, bad girl is not good enough. That's why the Bible says, with all thy getting, get an understanding. Why is it bad? Why is it bad for me? Con. Why is it good for me? Uh, don't just tell them why it's bad and, uh, and not tell them why it's good. Don't just tell them what's going to happen in the negative. Tell them what's going to happen in the positive. So that they can make a, 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 a really good, wise decision concerning that thing. Are you? God. And with that, we're going to conclude. Um, to summarize what all these are, the belt of truth, since this was very long, <laughs> I want to make sure we left it, left today with the understanding of what all these, I've interpreted all of these as meaning from what I've gathered. The belt of truth is our foundation. It's symbolic of our foundation. If we have, if our beliefs are unrighteous and they're not in accordance with the scriptures, our belt will be weak and it won't be able to secure our lives which we can interpret as pretty much everything else. Our minds, our sword, all that's not secure if we don't have that belt. And the breastplate of righteousness, it's our protection against sins that we don't know about. But the breastplate of righteousness will not protect us if we don't want to find out what the scripture says about different laws. We don't have that breastplate of righteousness then because we don't want to find out what the Lord tells us not to do. We don't want to be righteous the way the Lord wants us to be. We only want to be righteous in our own righteousness and say, you know, I'm right because I just don't know what this says. We don't want that. We want that breastplate of righteousness so that any sins that we don't know about that we may be doing, the breastplate of righteousness can protect us from those because we're righteous in our in the Lord's eyes because we don't know. So the Lord won't count those as sins as we've read and, and as we studied in this message. And the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that's symbolic of the peace that we have during our walk with Christ. When we walk, no matter what troubles we go through, and no matter what adversity comes our way, when we have the Lord's word, the gospel, with us, it, it stops us from worrying about all the evil that comes to us. Like, Psalm 23 is a good example. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. When the Lord is with us, when we have his gospel, his message to us that he's going to save us in the end no matter what we go through down here and as a matter of fact he tells us we're going to go through trouble down here so when we know that we have peace no matter what happens to us that's that's that peace that we have and also no matter what another thing that i want to point out there is the preparation of the gospel of peace you're prepared for the troubles to come your way because of what the scripture says scripture says in this world, you will have many troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. When you know that, you're prepared for the troubles that are to come through the scriptures. And it says, above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That faith is our belief in the Lord, which can remove all the doubts and fears that we have. We build up our faith by continuing to trust in the Lord and saying what he says come true. That just builds up our faith even more. We can see what the Lord says is true even now. 
but only if we're looking for it. And that's the question, Israel. Are we looking to see what if what the Lord says is true or not? Or are we just ignoring his signs that he's real right in front of us and true? His scriptures, everything he's saying is true right in front of us. Are we ignoring it or are we paying attention to it? If we are and we're continuing to build our faith, our shield becomes stronger and more fears and doubts, they start becoming weaker and weaker. And to the point where we can just easily deflect any fears or doubts that come to us. God, like God. Eve. With Eve in the garden, the serpent sent, went and spoke to her and said, Surely has God said, Thou shalt not eat of the tree in the midst of the garden? He said that, and she had a doubt. Because she didn't have faith in the Lord and what he, what he said. Even though what he was saying before, what he said before to her is true. He planted her in the garden. Him and Adam, they're the rulers of the place. That all came true. Yet she didn't want to trust him for that because of her doubt and fear of the un unknown, what it was that she was missing. Not that she was missing anything because that's not what the Lord had for her. God, God. And the, sword, the helmet of salvation, that's our focus on the Lord and his word, which protect us, protects us from vain thoughts, empty thoughts, pride and sinful thinking and iniquity. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God, which we can use to cut down lies and deceptions that are that may be spoken to us or to others. Okay, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this message. Um, I know I learned a lot from this, and I've definitely grown stronger from it. Um, I, I hope you, Israel, gained a lot from this, and we hope that you'll be blessed. We hope you were blessed by this message, and we bid you a shalom. shalom.